1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Regular season is what it is. I think you realize you put it in the books. But you know, we're here to win win playoff games.
2: Well, welcome back. It is the Bill Michaels show, and I do want to remind you that I have been uh, instructed, and, and I'm not kidding, I've been instructed that this show is done at the uh, 45 past the hour break. Okay, so we got to get moving here. Um, that, uh, okay, that there's part of that big announcement coming up to this show in just a little while. All right, let's uh, bring in our green and gold reporter. His name is Mike Clemens, one of the best in the business. Mike, thanks for the time. You just heard from Tom Brady there. Your thoughts?
3: Well, he's taking on uh, the Washington football team, and they've had a tough defense for a couple of years. I mean, even when Jay Gruden was there, they were kind of a tough out when they came into Lambeau Field. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, if Brady uh, wins that game, if these other teams lose, You know, you got Brady and all those 20 years of experience of playing winter football in in the postseason, come to Green Bay. So, you know what, what Packer fans are looking for is this thing starts off with when you're the number one seed, the Bears are the lowest seed. If they win, they'll come to Green Bay. If the next lowest seed is the Rams, so if the Bears upset the Saints, they'd come to Green Bay. Or it could be the Rams, the next lowest seed, if they win their game, they would come to Green Bay. If both the Bears and the Rams lose, then the Packers are going to face the winner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Washington football team with Alex Smith.
2: Hmm. Yeah, you are going to be interesting. And the way it looks, the the underdogs are probably going to lose, but you never know in the NFL. Uh, uh, Mike, I I do want to say that uh, the good news uh, for for many, many reasons, uh, that fans will be allowed at Lambeau Field, and uh, Coach LaFleur talked about that.
3: Yeah, two things we know. Um, the predicted forecast now for next, you know, it's been in the mid-30s in, across most of Wisconsin, but next weekend this could dip down to around 10 above, 12 above next weekend, just as the Packers would be at home and hosting. The other thing we know is last night Mark, Mark Murphy announced they're going to let in 6,000 fans, and these tickets will be sold to the season ticket holders that opted in last August. There's going to be restrictions. You know, you've got to wear a face mask. You might get tested and all that. You've got a, a little extra time. The tickets go on sale on Tuesday, all online. But we just spoke to LaFleur about the announcement that there will be 6,000 fans in Lambeau Field for the divisional playoff game next weekend.
4: We're really excited about that. Um... I just think the more, I, we're definitely going to feed off that energy. So if anybody's coming to the game, make sure you're nice and loud for us because that, that does play an important part of it. Um, obviously, there, there's tough decisions that go into this thing. You know, you, you first and foremost, you want to make sure that you can keep everybody safe and healthy. and uh, That's the most important thing. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that have put a lot of thought into this. You know, a lot of work into making this a safe environment for everybody, and you know, we're really excited about just opening up to to that many fans.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of folks are excited about that for for many many reasons. A balanced schedule, and and Mike, uh, I have not heard this this clip yet, but um, you know, what what does uh, Coach Lafleur say when they've had a pretty good balanced schedule this year? Well, Tim, I asked him this morning. You know the schedules come out in the spring and
3: i remember mike mccarthy used to say uh, i don't know you know there's that one spot where we got like three games in a ten day period you know he kind of publicly complain but i thought as this as this year's played out the opener in the dome against the vikings uh... and then you know some more road trips you saw there was going to be a a bunch more home games toward the end thursday night games are tough for any team in the national football league but if i remember the packers game was a little earlier on sunday then they had the four-hour trip out to San Francisco. Of course, they played a 49ers team that was all beat up, and they got the win, finally, on that Thursday night. But then you got toward the end of the season, and it's like the last six games, they're at home. You can use the cold to help you out, and the two road trips were to the Dome in Detroit at Ford Field and then last Sunday in Chicago And whether that your team is the adapt- Short trips, short road trips toward the end. And then you clinch, and you get the by week, that's a pretty good schedule. So I asked LaFleur when this thing came out last spring, what did you what did he what did he think as he was making out his roadmap for twenty twenty?
4: That's not something that I put a whole lot of thought into. It's more or less, you know, c- cause it's out of your control. The only thing you can control is your preparation, uh, how you plan out your calendar with according to what it is is scheduled. And I think every year you look at the schedule and when you look at your opponents, when it, when it comes out and you're like, oh man, this is going to be a tough stretch or, or whatever. And sometimes it changes. And so I, you don't want to put too much stock in it. I think it, it is about the mindset of attacking it one game at a time. And just um, because if you look at the entirety and I've said this uh, a lot of times and it, it can be overwhelming. So why not just, Hey, let's take it one game at a time. And that that is always going to be the mindset, or at least, at least that'll be our approach around here. I don't yeah. foresee that ever changing.
2: Yeah, a little different, Mike Clemens, you are right, uh, our green and gold reporter, a little different than uh, Mike McCarthy was a few years ago. Uh, we have a big announcement coming up on this show uh, at the 45-minute-past-the-hour uh, uh, mark, so uh, stick around for that. They're going to scoop me out of here and make some announcement. Uh, you're going to want to hear this. Mike, pretty impressive uh, football team offensively here uh, in, in the, throughout the season. Just been very, very impressive. And one of the more entertaining parts of it, once you get into that red zone, it's, uh, it even steps up a little bit more.
3: Yeah, they're outstanding in the red zone. And you talk about uh, offensive performers. We, we found out this morning, Associated Press, the all-pro team, you got Aaron Rodgers on there, first team, Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari, left tackle, and Corey Lindsley, and the Packers are really excited about that because they felt that Corey Lindsley at center got snubbed when it came to the Pro Bowl, and also Zaydeus Smith and Jair Alexander, they're named to the second team. So they got six players named by the writers to the All-Pro team. That also bodes very well for Rodgers and MVP Tim because you know coming in second there was Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen from Buffalo, but. You know, you're also talking about Aaron Rodgers now and where he's at with this offense and in sync with it and going from the guy who was kind of off schedule and looking for the matchups and hold on the ball for seven seconds to using this LaFleur offense in its second year. And, you know, everybody talks about that ball that he threw to MVS for 72 yards. Well, you know, we've been talking about that since we went to Chico and talked to his coaches at Pleasant Valley High, how the guy – just doesn't flinch when the clock is winding down and he sees an opportunity and he takes advantage of it. So I asked him about this. I, I, I said, You know, on that touchdown pass to Robert Tunyon, you got Lazard going in motion behind you. You got Tunyon making kind of a cross with Devante. um... You got Mercedes Lewis out there. And somehow he feels, Tim, all three or four of those guys in sync so that when he looks up, he's not necessarily going through progressions. He's just feeling the rhythm of the guys and their misdirections. And I asked him if his touchdown pass to Robert Tunyon against the Bears is a good example how well their red red zone offense is right now.
5: Yeah, Mike, I mean, that play, there's just so much going on. you got a fly motion that snapped after the normal fly spot. You have that guy going right to the flat, which is an option. You have Big Dog kind of running a real shallow cross uh, as kind of number two in the progression. And then you have a crisscross from Devante and, and Robert. Uh, so as we used to talk about back when I was a young player, uh, you read the mesh of that uh, as kind of three to Bobby or to Devante. Really kind of had both of them, but based on the, uh, the protection, um, yeah, I would have had to either float one today or do what I did and kind of move slightly to the right and try and put one right on, uh, on Robert's body. Um, but again, that's a, a play that we've run actually for a touchdown in the past. I had Robert on that uh, a few weeks ago, a slightly different look, but similar play. And that's the beauty. And what we've done is we've just changed the face on so many plays and made things look differently, but still able to run similar concepts out of uh, uh, kind of new formations or guys in different spots. And then that's, again, what I talked about earlier with the schematics uh, down there inside the Inside the twenty, I think have just been really, really sharp.
2: Yeah, it it is pretty impressive, and and you're right, Mike. Just to for him to look up with all the moving parts to see that flow. I I find it interesting that uh, within two years we already maybe uh, we may have a a Matt Lafleur coaching tree. Yeah, <laughs> is that right?
3: Yeah, you know, because the Samuel Hackett. I mean, there's all this. but You got Aaron Rodgers saying, "I love this guy. This guy's you know." Change things around in Green Bay, and his energy. He's been around with a couple other teams too, the Jaguars. He played. He worked for the Bills for a while. So Nathaniel Hackett. It was about a month ago we first heard that the Falcons had interest, and now they are interviewing uh, coaches, including Nate Hackett for their head coaching job. And Lafleur thinks that's a good. You know, Lafleur worked there. He thinks Arthur Blank's a great owner. You got Rich McKay as their president. I've been to Flowery Branch a couple of times, fantastic facility. So, um, you know, we, some of these practices this week or workouts have been closed. And then you, instead of working at the media center, I, you know, I dash home and I can do these Zoom press conferences from home now. Now, my wife, Cindy, was home, you know, with the cold. So Rogers was asked by our guy, Ryan Wood, about, you know, have you talked to Nathaniel Hackett about
5: this Falcons interview? I have talked with him. Uh I think one of the I don't know what that was, that was awesome though. But I think one of the uh one of the prereqs to being a good head coach is presence in front of a room. You know, you have to have uh the kind of innate charisma and ability to uh captivate your audience. When
3: I got off the Zoom call, <laughs> I told my wife, Hey Aaron Rodgers says hello.
2: <laughs> yes, that is awesome. <laughs> hey, t- today's times, Mike, I mean, we've, we have to change with them. I that's, know. That's, that's for sure. Uh, whatever happened to the old good old days of a microphone in, in front of the guy. You Looking know? forward to that again. Yeah, no doubt. Mike, excellent job as always. Uh, I always appreciate our time together and look forward to more. Thanks, Tim. Oh, we, do we have another segment with him? Sure,
3: yeah, we can do some more if you
2: like. Okay, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to keep him right here. We do have to break. Mike, sit tight. Our green and gold uh, reporter here, Mike Clemens. Also a big surprise in just a mere minutes. Stick around. And I'm not kidding you. They, they're asking me to leave the studio for this announcement. Apparently uh, something, something's going down. So stick around. Friday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
4: Hey, Damon, can you just set the record straight on the nickname? I'm sure you've been, you probably answered this question basically everywhere you've been. But I think I read something that has started with the Jets and involved some Rice Krispies. But I want to get the true story behind the nickname. So what is it?
6: OK, so legend has it. I used to get caught with Rice Krispie treats in my sock for practice. And uh, you know the coaching staff was, was always seeing me with something to eat in my hands, and that's the nickname, snacks. And I didn't like it at first, but you know it grew on me. Once my mom started calling me snacks, it was you know there's nothing I could do about it.
2: Well, there is uh, snacks, Harrison, and, and you you got the news where the nickname came from. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes for me on the Bill Michaels Friday edition. As uh, we have a big announcement, I'm asked to uh, remove myself from the studio and step aside for an announcement. I I promise you, you're going to want to hear this. It's big. Uh, We have uh, on the Schneider Orange Hotline our Green and Gold reporter, Mike Clemens, one of the best in the business. And, Mike, you got the story right there, Snacks Harrison and the nickname.
3: Yeah, and, you know, this was floating around in the public a lot that Snacks was on the Green Bay Packers radar screen. Last summer, it hit, it hit the Bucs, uh, the Seahawks eventually, uh, the Packers, were trying to bring him in. He said that he wanted to just stay home because he wasn't sure about the whole COVID thing. Eventually, he hooked up with the Seahawks, was on their practice squad for about a month to sort of get in shape, played in six games, got about 20 snaps. And then he had this weekend where he was inactive. And, you know, the, Pete Carroll got some of his younger players back from injury Back into the fold and onto the active list, and so I thought it was kind of weird because Pete Carroll said on his radio show that Monday before Snacks signed, you know, a week and a half ago, it's been kind of a a whirlwind. uh, That no, this this player, 32 years old, came in and said, "Yeah, he didn't want to play anymore." So I asked Snacks about this. I said, "That's what Pete Carroll said," Uh, and then turns out he went upstairs and talked to John Schneider, man to man, about what he wanted to do?
6: Oh, well, it was, a, I had a conversation with the general manager. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything, you know, negative. Um, I told him that I just wanted the opportunity to get out there on the field. And, you know, the team was getting healthy. They got some really good young guys that need the reps. And, um, you know, I just felt like I was making progress week after week, day by day. And I didn't want to delay that progress by not playing. And, you know, I just asked them if, you know they could they could let me go to find another opportunity to play, um, but when I spoke to Coach Carroll, I told him that if I couldn't work out the logistics of everything, you know, to I didn't know at the time that the NFL changed the rule on the, you know, team while well, players going to new teams and having to wait the six days. Um, I wasn't comfortable with leaving my wife at home to, you know, pretty much pack up the house and and um, either stay in Seattle while I wasn't there or try to get here to Green Bay. Um and if I couldn't work that out, you know, and be comfortable with, with moving here and having my family come or, you know, be safe there, then I would just have to go home and, you know, to make sure my family was safe and uh taken care of. But I was able to get everything worked out and um, you know, here I am.
3: So Tim, he's a pro and I tell you, Matt LaFleur said, It's not often you can get a guy like this picked up this late in the year. He got twelve snaps in the game against the Bears after just being in Green Bay, what, three days, four days? before and as he mentioned there too some of the covid things have changed for some of these free agents moving from team to team they, they they trust that the testing going on in Seattle is the same in Green Bay and i thought it was interesting when you know he was asked like well you know don't you expect a bigger role he says this is the way my whole career's been through the jets when i was working with mike patton to the giants to the lions i'm a 20 30 snap guy i'm not a 40 or 50 snap guy I'm in there as your run stuffer. So, if that's what he can do here through the run for Green Bay, that's his role.
2: Yeah, as, as you said, twelve snaps there for the latest Green Bay Packer Harrison. Uh, final thing here: uh, a lot of Packer fans, uh, as much as they'd like to uh, dedicate their lives to uh, you know Sunday Packer games, this guy's running around in the end zone with a touchdown. There's guys uh, they're like, who are these? What? So you see the back of the jersey, and you see Daphne, and, and and so you wonder what's what's this all about? I know a good friend of mine said, "Who is this Daphne guy?" Mike. Um, interesting that they not only have these guys, but they involve them.
3: Yeah, it's another one of these pickups. The Gutikins he picks up you know, in September, puts him on the practice squad. The guy Im- immediately impresses the coaches. And you know, my old high school coach always said, you know, your team is only as good as your weakest player. And I'm kind of looking at the back end of this roster because you never know if you have a flurry of injuries at tight end. They had the one game where Jay Sternberger's out after uh, the Eagles game, and out for two and a half weeks. And he's had kind of an injury history. And you're going into the next week with just two tight ends in an offense that uses tight ends to 21 personnel all the time. So uh, this Daphne guy, the, the next week, he comes off the practice squad. They elevate him on Saturday. They put him in the first series. And I asked LaFleur about that right away the, the next day. Like, hey, you know, so tell me about 49, Dominique Daphne. goes, smart kid, very impressed by him, outstanding, you know. Justin Oten, our uh, tight ends coach, talked about uh, his. So this kid worked really hard. In the, he, he went to a small school in Iowa. His quarterback went to ISU, Indiana State University, talked him into going from there to Indiana. Last year, he's playing fullback tight end. I think he actually got to carry the ball and rush for 250 yards in his last game in college. Doesn't get drafted, gets a look by the Colts, released, and he's back in Des Moines and just you know working out and waiting for the phone to ring. And after a couple of months, he got bored. He started working at some club in there called 300 in downtown Des Moines, Hmm. Waiting for the phone to ring when the Packers called and uh, giving him notice and and so we we asked him about what he did in that period between the Colts and coming to Green Bay.
5: I worked at Three Hundred, which was like a rooftop patio bar. It's in Des Moines. I was just like a bouncer, pretty much. Like it, I I had to do something. Like I was going crazy and I couldn't just the 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 routine of waking up going to lift and going home and eating and like doing nothing for the rest of the day was driving me nuts. So I like, I had to do something. So one of my friends from back home was like, yeah, like just come work with us. It was a pretty, like, it was an easy job. I just kind of sat there and got paid. I just needed something to break that cycle. So I uh, had a job just to, just to fill time. And uh, to answer your other question, just texted in our group message. Hey, you know, I have a, uh, I'm leaving because the uh, Packers called me. So he was like, no, I get it. You don't have to come to work tonight. I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't. And then I was gone the next day.
3: So, Tim, you and I could have been having a beer in a bar in Des Moines. Meet this kid. six <laughs> three, two forty seven. Oh, what do you do? Well, I hope to get in the NFL. I, I got a trial with the Colts. And you're sitting here in a bar in Des Moines with us? Yeah. And like five weeks later, you're looking up and watching Bears-Packers in the prime game, and he's catching a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. That's the way the league works sometimes.
2: And it's just an amazing story. I'm I'm so happy for that kid. There's there's no doubt about it. Well, Mike, pr- appreciate your time as always. And 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 a journey this year that started out with Minnesota and it may end in Tampa Bay for Mike Clemens, Green and Gold reporter. Hey, appreciate the time, Mike. Good sure,
3: luck. hope so, Tim. Thanks. Have a good weekend.
2: Yep, there he is, Mike Clemens on the Schneider Orange Hotline.
1: Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. For 80-plus years, they've been getting it done. Call them at 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com.
2: Okay, that's going to have to do it for me, and I'm not kidding. I, the show's done for me, and you're looking at your watch saying, well, you still got 15 minutes left. Not It's, it's not the case because uh, I've been asked to uh, step aside here uh, in all seriousness, that uh, there's an announcement to be made uh, on this very radio show, on this very network, throughout the great state of Wisconsin, and uh, I think you're going to like it. It's going to be uh, going to be interesting, but I think you're going to like that announcement. So stick around for that, uh, and that's going to do it for us, Sam Schmitz. We're good. All right, uh, Evan Heffelfinger. Uh, thanks for the uh, help today. Yes, that is his real name, Evan Heffelfinger. And you guys uh, have a great weekend. Be safe, everybody. And a big announcement coming next. And I can I do this? Can I can I do this as I I sign off here? If if I say uh, what what Bill does on here on January eighth, twenty twenty one. I gotta do it. See ya!
1: 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better